Hello and welcome to another episode of the International Youth Arts Festival podcast. And now today we've got an episode, uh, an episode to speak to somebody that's not actually got a, got something at the festival. So I'm not really quite sure how to do all the questionings, but we'll, we'll go with it. We'll see how it goes. Um, so here, here with um, Adam Thomas Wright, who's written, directed, edited, who knows what else, a, fi a film that him and a, couple other, a few others have put, put together called The Drive. So, uh, hello, welcome Adam. Thanks very much. Thanks so, for having me. I'm an invader to your podcast. <laughs> That's all right. We're, we don't mind. We're, 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 no, we're, we'll just take anyone, really. I'm sure not quite anyone, but... <laughs> but um, so, I was going to say, you've made this short film, The Drive... Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Mm -hmm. So, um, The Drive, it's uh, starring uh, Todd Carty, who you may know from uh, EastEnders and Grange Hill back in the day, um, and Tony Clarkin, who um, they play uh, a father and son, um, Todd being sort of middle-aged, and, and, and they're on this, this car journey, and we don't really know where they're going. Um, and they are having this conversation but it's rather one-sided where the where Tony that the father um, is discussing um, when they were younger and, and previous memories and it's sort of about their relationship really and, and about how time changes things and about how there's inevitable changes that affect people's lives and how that can sort of come into fruition and I think I tried to make it quite a, a relatable film really with sort of themes about dementia and, and ageing and, and sort of family theme. Yeah. No, I've seen the film. It does, it does do that quite well. And another thing, thing about the being dementia bits, I think, I think this came from kind of personal, like, family experiences, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. So um, my uh, gran had dementia, but I think a lot of people, I think if not everyone, has had either a family member or a friend or, or, or a friend's family who've had something to do with dementia or Alzheimer's or, or ageing, just memory loss at all. Yeah. And it's something that affects people quite quite oddly, really. Um, it's almost like watching someone die twice, in a way. It, yeah. it's, a, it's a really sort of personal and strange experience, I think, for everyone to have. But although it feels lonely, I think it's quite... Um, an interconnected thing. I think everyone can relate somehow to yeah. it. Yeah, and it's quite an important thing to see. Because when you kind of say it's kind of when you're discussing it, you're thinking of you know, as you know, it's older people that get it, and you often think about older people dealing with them. So it's kind of unusual, I find, to somebody that is you like younger person like yourself thinking about it and doing bits mm. from it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, I find um, personally, I find that when something sad happens I don't get sad about um, the thing itself I find that I feel sorrow for either myself or the people involved and I think a lot of people get that where it's not always necessarily the person himself who's the only person being affected it's sort of everyone around them and I think that's yeah. that's interesting. I think it's yeah. a, a bigger picture, I suppose. Yeah. With, with it, in terms of, yeah. I think when you're discussing it, you don't really think of the wider effect. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's quite um, uh, it's quite strange how 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 many people are affected by it. You know? Yeah, I think that's worth talking about in a film. Yeah, it does that. It does feel like it does that. Mm. So um, now that is, I think one of the you know, before it took. Now I think one of the things that 
something, but I don't, don't realise how long it takes to make make a film at times. Is it like two and a half years or something? Well, from I thought about the idea Christmas 2016. So that's uh, yeah, it's two and a half years ago exactly. Um, I mean, it, it's odd because. It depends. I mean, I met some, I bumped, with my previous film, my first film, Reminiscence, I bumped into um, some people at the Cardiff Mini Film Festival um, who were making a film, another short film, and they were talking about their next project, which they hadn't started writing yet, and they finished that within a few months. So it's quite a vary in terms of how long it takes people to make things. But for me, it is down to funding and not having the right equipment and, and all sorts of stuff. And being so young as well, I don't think having having much experience in it makes it harder yeah. I think finding something out yeah it's, uh, I think it's, as I say it's one of the things that uh, as so many things is the money side yeah. isn't it it's, particularly when you're young you probably rather, rather than work going out and working to at least raise money that way your or your, your work is school work which <laughs> yeah. you know doesn't really pay anything much towards yeah well I mean absolutely I mean I would love uh, I'd love to be able to you know go out earn some money and then put that, reinvest that into the filmmaking yeah. stuff because um, I've got some of the equipment and the, the funds for me to make some, you know, in the modern era it doesn't cost as much as it used to to make a film. Yeah. Um, but as you say, I'm at school, I've just, I've just finished school, but yeah. while I was there, it was impossible to do that. Um, I mean, I'll say that John is a patron to the film and, and to my work um, and a friend. And it's, yeah, it's nice to, to have people like that because, you know, without... Without John and, and some of our other patrons, Vince Alston Mackenzie as well, um, I, this, this sort of thing wouldn't really be possible no. at all. So, so I guess it's uh, as you say, the one you know, Patreon. This is one of the ways that people can use to raise money for things, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, John and um, uh, the other patrons uh, support me through uh, Patreon, which is a, a site. If you don't know it, it's a site that it's just social media based. Um, and you uh, put out content, you put out blogs and, and pictures and, and updates and that sort of thing and um, people support your, either a current project, either a film, which was what I set this up for, or a person in general, because I'm, I'm going to carry on making films, I've got another one in the pipeline now, um, and it works where people have access to the screenings and that sort of thing, and John came over to our screening about two months ago now, I yeah, think. Yeah, kind of End of May time, yeah, I think. End of, yeah, end of May. Um, yeah. And um, you know, he's got to know me and the film and, and had all this private access. And, yeah, it, it's it, there are um, pluses, I think, to being involved with it. But, you know, at the same time, I think it's it's this sort of support that, that makes it possible at all, really. And, um, it is. and I, think, I think for me it's quite interesting. I found it quite interesting because you're not just seeing the finished product. You are seeing kind of yeah. the journey, so you kind of, Kind of appreciate that there's all this planning that goes into yeah. it. It's not just you know, well, it's not just turning up one day at mm. wherever you're filming, turn on a camera and go. You've got yeah. planning beforehand, and then work that goes on afterwards mm -hmm. as well. Well, I mean, John was saying earlier that I, because um, I, I wrote, directed, um, or co-directed the film with a friend of mine, um, and then I edited um, and produced the film and. Uh, also assisted with the camera work, so um, I mean, I I was able to put on the Patreon stuff about all these all these damn forms I was trying to fill in as well, and and you know all this sort of really all these specific stuff that 
it's so boring, it doesn't really get put anywhere, but it's so long, such an arduous process, and it, you know, it can take, if you want to do things properly anyway, it can take, and legally, then it can take um, ages to get something like this together, yeah. especially if you haven't got the money to do it quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but you've kind of found, you know, with this, you know, raising money, did that, I guess, did that change kind of the things that are available for you to use? Yeah. To make um, it's really weird. We ended up using um, what, uh, three, yeah, three cameras for this film. We started out with um, a C, a Canon C100, which is something I bought about three years ago now, and that was old-ish camera, maybe five years old. Um, you know, it, it's it's good for basic purposes, but it's not. It can't. It didn't have all the capabilities I needed. Yeah. And then when it came to that, I hired. Um, a Sony camera. Anyone that has anything to do with filmmaking will know that changing between brands mid-film is quite a, a bizarre decision. Um, and then I ended up investing with the money that I raised through fundraising um, and, and buying a, a new camera, another Canon. So then we ended up working with three, or with different frames, um, with two um, different um, Formats as well. I work, I work with an American format, um, NTSC, and I work with a European format, PAL, as well. So when it came to editing, I had all these frame rates and formats and different cameras. And although this fundraising, as it changed, as you say, I was able to access more equipment, it was really, when I came to bringing it all together, there were so many times I considered, should I just throw all this on a hard drive and, and hire an editor? Because it, I, I, I can't even begin to get my head around it. Um, that also meant, though, if, if I wasn't going to get an editor to do it, they probably wouldn't understand it either. No. It was only because I'd been on set, I was the best person for it. But, um, yeah, I, I was able to access more equipment, better yeah. equipment. Um, and I think it gave a, like, I don't know, John, you've seen the film, yeah. and the beach stuff was filmed on the Sony, and uh, I think it was worth investing in a better camera to get all the, the nice, the slow-mo footage and yeah. um, high-quality footage for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, say, I did feel that for that because it, you know, say the beach thing is that one bit of the film that is outside. Mm. I'm guessing there is things are a bit more with, with light. So you've got a lot more of the natural lighting and bits yeah. going on than when you're inside a building. You can set set up more specific lights and bits. So I think it does have you know for things like outside bits, the quality and you know what you're actually seeing. Does to feel like it looked really clear and good. So I think for so probably sometimes depending on the situation, some films are you know some yeah. things are better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean but the the um, I mean most of it was down to cause when I originally thought the film, I thought of it through um, some shots, some really specific shots that I thought of that I thought oh that would be really nice uh, yeah. in a film, um, and. Then when I thought of the characters, there was a particular slow motion shot. It was the one following like, Freddie McDonald played our um, the younger version of, of Todd Carty, and um, there's a shot of him running down the beach in slow motion, and he he's running in front of the camera. We're following him from behind, and he turns around and looks at his dad. And that, that's a shot I had in my head, um, and it turned out exactly as I imagined. Um, but for that, we needed a quite specific camera. We needed a particular um, gimbal or a sort of stabilisation system 
and it was all this really specific equipment just to get that one shot. But because it's what I thought of right from the start, without yeah. that shot, it was never going to be as I imagined it. Yeah. Um, once you once you thought of something like that, you, you want to follow through and, and, yeah. and make it how you've seen it in your head. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I remember that shot, and it's one that I think you got it on some that I think you've got a couple of posters or like things you've been using. That's one of the images, you know, still of that that you've yeah. used for some. And it is one that just seems to be really perfect and works really well you now at showing it. And it works as I say, it's, you know, when you've got an idea, something like that, you know, it's sometimes, today, sometimes like an image or particular work. I say, what you say about you know, different films, I didn't realise that when you're using them, they'd have different formats. You know, yeah. just, you that know. was for, um, so when you capture, when you do slow motion footage or, or normal footage, it, it, what you change is the frame rate, and that captures a certain number of frames per second. It changes the look of the film, um, but then you slow it down. So if you're doing, you capture most things at, at 24 frames per second, and then if you do 60 frames, you can obviously do it two or three times slower if you're doing it at, and what, what we wanted to get, what I wanted to get anyway, was 120 frames per second so I could do it five times slower. Um, but doing it, uh, getting that requires a, a different format um, and that's the American format. So we had um, two cards and we were shooting on a beach quite far away from any um, electric and we had two cards, two SD cards and every time you change the format, you've got to um, delete all the footage off the card. Oh. So basically, we would we would film with one, um, run it back, get one of my, my friends who was acting as a runner to run back to the, the hotel we were using, put it on the computer, um, and then come back, switch the card we used for the American footage, and then keep on switching them again and again. And if there was a mistake, though, my friend, you know, he's a great friend of mine, but he's um, a really bad runner. He, was, he walks. I think he's the worst runner there's ever been. And if there was a mix-up with the cards, um, that would have been that would have been awful because then we would have lost all the day's footage. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's really tentative stuff, and it's the type of thing I think you've got to put up with if you're doing low-budget filmmaking. Yeah. Obviously, if, you, if you're doing higher budget, you can work with you know, an unlimited number of cards, or you, yeah. know, you can work with, with a camera that you don't have to do that on, or, or separate cameras even. Yeah. Um, it's, but you know, yeah. it's, it's what you have to work with. Yeah, but I think, I think it's. Now, maybe as you say, it's always the what limits. Now, when I, particularly when I was thinking, when I was growing up, kind of, I was, when you thought of films, I always just knew of the like big budget Hollywood things where they, you know, hear about them having budgets of millions mm. and bits. And then, you know, I only recently kind of one of like films like yourselves where I was thinking that it's, you know, a few thousand, a few hundred or a few thousand, and you're lucky, and it's like, you know. It's, I know it's a short film, so it's like only 10, like 10, 15 percent of the length, but mm. the budget is a lot less than 10, 15 percent. Yeah. Is it, you're lucky if it's a one or two percent. Well, yeah, I, would, I would be over the moon with one percent of uh, the <laughs> Avengers Endgame budget. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we were working with, with quite a low amount. I think in the end it came to, um, I think about, if you take away the the expense of buying the new camera, I think, about two thousand um, pounds. But then, that is that—that's the budget for the film. You've got a lot of budget when it comes to um, sort of uh, fuel and uh, food and, and friends who you have to call in for favours, and then buying the camera itself yeah. was, was a massive expense, which which isn't included in that. 
Um, so, it, although you're much able, much more able to do things like that now, I think uh, um, people who in the past maybe wouldn't have access to this sort of thing can yeah. now make films. Yeah. You, can be able, yeah. you can make films in your in your house or whatever, and, and yeah. you've got access to editing software on computers very cheaply, and yeah. you know, it, it's possible now. People can do it. Um, yeah. Maybe you can buy second-hand equipment or whatever, but yeah. it still costs more than what is within the reach of, of most people yes. um, without fundraising and that sort of thing, which yes. is difficult now. Yeah, I see it. Now, I know you get a bit, so you've got Patreon, which is kind of good for having on- ongoing mm-hmm. you know, money coming in, or you've got like the one-off thing like that, there's Kickstart and yeah. Indiegogo and who knows how, how many are that kind of do one-off mm-hmm. payments thing. So there's options there, but I think it's sometimes, mm. they even you can put it on on there, but it's getting people to know of it to yeah. donate is always the yeah. challenge. John um, funded uh, Reminiscence in Parks. We had a, a Kickstarter for our... Um, for the music my first film uh, and that that worked out alright we weren't raising much money for that but then we had um, we did start for this we, for, our, for the drive we did start um, a fundraising thing um, I can't remember if we used Indiegogo um, but or Kickstarter I can't remember which one yes. we used we used one of them yeah, but um, it, it it didn't go as well and I think that's because the market's become quite saturated with yeah. that sort of thing yeah um, is it now that every, I think everyone's heard of it. Yeah, so. and lots of people use it for lots of different things yeah. now. Um, sort of, you know, there's so many people on there that I think people have moved on to other things. And yeah. Patreon's good. It, when I found it, it was quite new. Yeah. Um, it hadn't really been used for a lot of stuff yet. And um, I was lucky to find, you know, three or four people, including yourself, yeah. who, were, who were willing to sort of give us continuous funding once a month yeah. to, to keep the film afloat. I think to keep me afloat as well yes. as, it was, as it was going along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that worked out a lot better, I think, than, than using those one-off things. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if, if you are, if you have enough friends and whatever, and big social media following, then yeah. with one-off um, payments like Kickstarter and whatever are possible, you, yeah. you can still pull them off, but it's yeah. just a lot harder than it was three or four years yeah. ago. And I, think, and I think it's, particularly though, because it's, you know, looking for a set amount and it's all just one thing, you kind of have to be prepared, you know, kind of have an idea of how much you need or... Well, I mean, what? I don't think there's ever been a film made ever that's ever stuck to the budget. No, um, stuck to time or budget. Both of them always go over yeah. massively. So it, 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 that's another thing as well. The, yeah. the continuous payments sort of mean that yeah. I can, I've got some flexibility. Yeah. If it was one off, it would be really tricky. I, you know, I, I know I would go for budget because we did, we did go for budget. Yeah. But no, even, even, though, even if when you're borrowing bits, I think it's, you know, saying that for this car, it's got a car journey. I think it was. Use it now. Using Todd's own car, or something. I think, or yeah, one yeah. of your cars. We were using Todd's own car because there's a lot of footage in, inside the car with Todd and Tony driving along, and we've got um, something else I bought. I did buy an outside um, grip that you can put on the outside of a car and attach a camera to. Um, but we were using uh, Todd's car to that, and there's these big sort of suckers that you've got to stick onto the car. And I was really worried because yeah, I know if you're hiring one, it's bad, but. With our lead actor's car, and if I go a dent in there or something, a massive sucker, a vacuum sucker, I'd be fucking yeah. yeah. It's his car. And I think, I think, I think the other person that did a lot of the directing is Tom, who is Todd's son. So it's not yeah. like you can even say bye and run away and never <laughs> no, get away from him. Exactly, exactly. Well, um, that, that was the sort of thing because I was, I've been friends with Tom for 
years we met when we were about 11, I think, 10 or 11, um, at school, and, um, Tom's dad, um, is Todd, and, uh, obviously a fantastic actor, and that's why, I, I mean, even then, I, I didn't think Todd would be willing to do it, it would give this much time. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'd either, I don't think he, he thought it would take two and a half years. Um, but, you know, I approached Todd and, and uh, and Tony to help out with the film, um, with their relation to Tom, uh, I think they, they were willing to give me some time, but yeah. not two and a half years. I didn't tell them it would take two and a half years when we started. I said, well, you're going to help me with a little short film. Yeah. They give them the full information. No. They'll never help. Yeah. Always lie a little bit. So, so, as, I said, as I said, you're not... Sh- now, the film isn't at this year's... Now, the International Youth Arts Festival this year. They oh, you only finished it after the applications were done, but I know that you have been at, have been at, and are going to be at a few other, f- like, film festivals, mm-hmm. I think. Um, well, we've, um, I've just been to, uh, Cine Shots in London, in, in Streatham, uh, and then we're going up to, uh, Edinburgh for, uh, The Shortest Night, which is part of the Edinburgh Fringe, that's in mid-August, uh, August 22nd, we'll be showing up in Edinburgh, uh, if anyone wants to come along to that, um, then we actually just got first place for a film festival in uh, West Virginia, in America. Uh, that's for the 15-minute film festival. We can't go over to that, um, so, obvious reasons, funding and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a long, long, long way to travel. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could spend one and a half grand for going over to it, but I'll, I'll send a video over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're hearing more and more. I think we've still got we've still got about 36, 37 festivals to hear from over the next year. Wow. So. Um, yeah, lots to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and as I say, I'm writing my next thing now, um, or sort of starting to do some preliminary research for it. Um, so yeah, yeah, lots, lots to look forward to. That sounds good. I know that for, like saying about Edinburgh, when you think about like Edinburgh Festival, you just mm. think of comedy and you know people doing little yeah. plays. You don't, you know, don't really think of. Well, I think there's film. about I think there's about three thousand separate events as part of the Edinburgh Fringe. Wow. Um, and that, that stretches from sort of food to you know, street art and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, film festivals. Because um, that's got a really wide reach. And yeah. lots of festivals like, like this one here and like yeah. up in Edinburgh that, um, you know, that, that really spread out. And, and they're more of a community thing now, I think, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. More people getting involved with, with this sort of thing, which is great. And it's the same about community. For the kind of festivals in... London, uh, that you've had in London, that you've been able to go to, have you found it good for meeting other... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, there's the, it's quite weird, actually, because it's a smaller industry than you think. I mean, there's um, the film festival I went to recently. I did end up speaking to a few people there, and, um, and that was great, meeting, mm-hmm. meeting other filmmakers. Um, and they, that's a monthly film festival. Mm-hmm. And this month's film festival... Um, has got a film, or well, the main film that's there this month um, is starring actress that I was working with um, last year on a, on a feature film. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's really weird yeah, doing this thing and getting on this side of the camera um, has shown how much more closely rated you think it is. I think yeah. meeting people, I'm sure I'll meet, I'll bump into quite a few people I've met before yeah. um, as I carry on doing yeah. this festival circuit stuff. Because I know that thing about that, I think somewhere, as well as funding you, I've Mm-hmm. For your films, I've now given little bits to a couple of other films, mm-hmm. and uh, it gave one to 
somebody and somebody, you know, somebody sort of can't remember how I found them, but somebody started following them on Twitter and Instagram, mm. and they followed me, and then they thought, oh, you uh, that somehow we both follow you, Adam, oh, and, like, right. and they said, how do you know him? So, <laughs> so I say it's just you don't look for people that you know, but somehow it just, just come across them. Yeah, yeah, and then, and so you so you did a bit about now another film coming up is somebody you've acted with done acting with so you've done a bit of acting as well yeah. did you find that what you being on the other well, the other side of the camera mm-hmm. acting help at all with oh um, de- definitely I mean I love um, I love acting and it's it's sort of that was my first thing it's what I'm still um, doing now the filmmaking is something else I found interesting it's yeah. something I discovered through acting um, yeah. but my favourite thing about directing is working with actors and I think mm-hmm. I um, I really like um, when it comes to script writing I really like thinking about um, characters um, motivations and, and backstories and, and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and then working with the actors and, and getting them to fit into the role because there's a I think it's a wonderful experience for actors when you um, find that you almost fit into a character I think and you yeah. feel like you're in control of the character and that, that's wonderful that's a wonderful yeah. feeling for any actor and um, helping actors in your own film feel like that with their characters is, yeah. is brilliant. I mean, there's a moment in The Drive um, where Todd um, um, cries in the car, oh. and that was that was wonderful because we were driving along and I was I was in the back seat, sort of switched up into the side so you couldn't see me, and just talking to Todd, um, I don't know, five, ten minutes, and, and that was a, a shot that wasn't really pre-planned. I sort of just discussed it with him. Yeah. Um, it's quite an emotional scene, and um, and yeah, as we went along, and, and it was him sort of fitting into the character, and that was that was great yeah. for, for him and for me um, to experience that. And then there's another shot where actually Todd and Tony laughing, laughing with each other towards the end of the film, oh, yeah. um, and that wasn't that as <laughs> a separate thing. That wasn't um, uh, written into the script um, necessarily. I took that from a thing where Tony had set up. I can't remember what he said. He said something that was a sexual innuendo. It wasn't meant to be. It was, no. it was just trying to be trying to be innocent. And um, he said something. We both both started creasing ourselves about, and it was that was um, that was brilliant. Um, and then capturing their, their genuine laughter with each yeah. other um, made it. I think that shot. Yeah. I found that. I was looking for the footage afterwards, and I thought that's wonderful. Yeah, brilliant. I can put that in there, and then there's. There's this really genuine raw talent from Todd and, and his emotions, and there's also some um, some footage that wasn't really meant to be there at all. It was sort of you know that was some sneaky footage that happened by accident, for chance. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's that's really nice. just now sometimes you just get luck, lucky with you know, yeah. some as they say you know that, that some shots that they say that's what you want, you know, sorry, and then others you get it's yeah. You know, I, now just come across. Mm-hmm. So, that's, exactly. so, um, so, so you said about you know you've got a few film festivals mm-hmm. still applying for and going forward to as well as I you know having ideas for new films. If people want to kind of keep up with you and look up what's happening and where to come watch you, where can people find you? And um, probably best look on uh, Twitter if you follow um, a Tominator. Or, um, or Adam Thomas Wright, or um, uh, Ninja Penguin Productions, um, then you can find me there on Instagram. Ninja, uh, there's a Ninja Penguin Productions account I'm going to start opening, or uh-huh. you can look at Adam Thomas Wright on there as well. 
Um, and then there's Patreon as well, Adam Thomas Wright. Um, and uh, you can find me on there, but obviously that's um, that's a fee, and I won't force you into doing that. So you can well, check me out on social media yeah, and, and keep up with, uh, with what's next for the drive yeah. and, and any future productions. Yeah, and I know you're pretty, it seems to be pretty good with sharing bits on the you know, Twitter and bits. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. like a good place to keep up. You know, keep up with things there. Mm-hmm. Right, um, thank you very much oh, for, for coming. Much, and, uh, thank you for having me. That's, and I hope it goes well with the future films. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what else you. Yeah. Come up with other films and bits you come up with. Oh, thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers.